0: Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today's episode, we're going to go over the question, what fitness phase should I be in? Should I be in a cut? Should I be in a build? Should I be at maintenance? I get this question all the time. So we're going to review this really quickly, what each phase is and how to know how we should navigate. So a calorie deficit is going to be used mainly for fat loss. So the more trained you are, the less likely you'll be able to build muscle in a calorie deficit. So if you've been lifting for two plus years, just know that this phase, the main focus is on reducing body fat and focusing on maintaining muscle mass. So you step away from building or focusing on muscle for a short time. To see a reduction in body fat. Fat loss phases can be usually around three to six months long. Now, if somebody is obese, they can sit in there comfortably for much longer and be losing weight and also getting much healthier simultaneously. For those of us who are leaner, calorie deficits are a stressor to the body. So we have to use them wisely. But not only the body, we know that we need to focus on the mind as well. Right. So we can't always be living in that thought of restriction. We should not be. Okay. So we should not always be striving for fat loss. We've got to come in and out of these phases. It will actually help us become more metabolically healthy as we move from phase to phase and use them wisely. Now, maintenance, this is a key place. Because our body, like I said, shouldn't always be under the stress of always trying to lose weight. Or even in a calorie surplus all the time, trying to build muscle. Because people don't realize in a surplus, there can be a stress on the gut the longer we stay in it. Especially when we're in a more aggressive calorie surplus, really striving to build muscle. This is actually why I like to calorie cycle during builds. So we can eat more on lifting days and less on training days and less on non-training days. This approach can help us maintain greater insulin sensitivity and gut health during a build. But we're not talking about builds today. I'm just kind of refreshing things, right? So we shouldn't always be focusing on that for long periods of time. So I realize maintenance isn't always the most sexy thing to talk about. (laughs) It's not the most exciting place to be. But in maintenance, our bodies can experience a reduction in stress, seeing that we're not in a calorie deficit uh, or the stressors of being in a build. We can also see a balance out of hormones here. This is key. So some studies showing that hormonal regulation happens in maintenance after four months. So if you've been in a calorie deficit um, for six months and then you move to maintenance, it could take up to four four months to see that hormonal regulation. Um, So if you wonder how long is the minimum for maintenance, in my opinion, it should be four to six months. And most of the time with individuals, I lean towards a six-month period. So maintenance is also a great place to be mentally. Uh, But it can also be a challenging place to be mentally, right? But we need to spend more time just being grateful, just being still, just being present. Too many of us are always looking to the future, always saying, I'll be happy when... That's a horrible way to live life. So use maintenance as a time to be more present, to love your body just how it is right now. I think of this in terms of how I love my children. So I know a lot of people will actually give me kickback and say, well, you don't love yourself if you have these body goals, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Are there a lot of people who try to win love for themselves by attaining some quote unquote perfect body? Yes, I I do believe that that's real, that's unhealthy. But just because somebody has a body goal doesn't mean that they don't love themselves how they are. Just because somebody has a fitness or health goal or an aesthetic goal does not mean that they don't love themselves or cannot cultivate that love for themselves in the present and that's why I believe maintenance is important because it's time to step back and just be like I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to sit in gratitude and love for where I'm at right now that is a really important I believe that that's a really important skill and ability that we need to cultivate but going back to what I said about how I believe like I should look at my body and myself the way that I look at my children. I have a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a three-year-old. And I look at them, and the amount of love that I have for them is over. I mean, to the point where sometimes I'm like squeezing my three-year-old Link and I'm just like, I could eat you up. (laughs) Like, I'm sure it's so creepy. Like I could just squeeze you to death, right? But I love him so, so much. But actually, because I love him so, so much, I'm so excited to see him blossom and grow in life. I can love him so, so much right now in this moment, exactly, exactly how he is, but also be so excited for where he'll be at, at 16 and the growth and changes that he, I I would never want to take that away from him. I want him to grow. I want him to change. And yet I love him just how he is right now. And I believe that that's how we should strive to love ourselves. And many of you listening are mothers and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So we need to have that same exact love for ourselves. A lot of times I believe that that can be cultivated at maintenance. Really sitting and just taking a breather, sitting still and loving who we are right here in the moment. So a calorie surplus, I touched on this a little already. This is when we, if, if you really want to maximize your building muscle ability, we do have to lean towards a calorie surplus. Okay, We do need more calories coming in to fuel the mechanisms of hypertrophy. So you can expect that muscle will come on, but also you're going to see body fat come on because you are in a calorie surplus. This is just kind of common sense. Both are going to happen. This isn't something we need to fight or cry about or whine about. Like This is just the reality of the goal that we've chosen. So we usually try to see in this phase, we usually try to see body weight increase 0.5 to 2% a month. So some of us actually need to lean towards 2% increasing to see really maximal muscle growth. So the the best build I ever did, I actually did lean towards that 2%, which I was increasing around two and a half pounds a month in weight for about six months. The muscle gains were the best I have ever seen, okay? Okay. So under that six-month period, it was awesome. And then it did take uh, two to three months to peel back the, the, the 13 pounds that I had put on. But it was incredible the changes that I saw when I did. So there are pros and cons to every fitness phase. And usually people once they've been in a fitness phase for a period of time are kind of like okay what's next where do i go next and i get this question all the time what should i do next and the best way to figure out where you need to go next or where you want to or where you should really comes down to you need to look and see where have i been both physically and mentally over the past 3 to 6 months we need to review our mental emotional needs just as much as we need to review our body's needs or our body goals. Because our mental health attributes to our ability to bring to fruition our goals. Our mental health, a lot of times, in my opinion, is what holds people back Far more than them having the most optimal plan on planet Earth, it's it does actually come back to where are they mentally and emotionally. So if somebody has, we're just going to kind of go over some basics here. If somebody has been in a cut for six months, a lot of times people will say, "Well, can I just jump straight in to a build?" You can. But with that approach, you will probably see a greater increase in body fat to muscle building ratio, and we probably don't want to see that. So you probably actually want to jump up to maintenance and kind of find that and then push into a slight calorie surplus and really figure out, okay, At what point am I putting on that 0.5 to, you know, that we have that 0.5 to 2% increase in body weight that we wanna see? You've gotta kind of choose, okay, which one do I wanna see? Do I want to lean to a more um, timid or moderate or aggressive approach here? So you need to decide that. And then I think finding maintenance and then leaning towards, and then, you know, leaning towards wherever you've chosen is going to be more optimal so that's what i would say sit at uh, find maintenance and then push up from there we don't necessarily need to jump into a presumed calorie surplus right from the get-go because like i said you could be then just getting more body fat than muscle and the goal is to have more muscle than necessarily body fat. So that's kind of the best approach there. Um, if, like I said, I find that maintenance is such a beautiful place. And a lot of times I think for people mentally and emotionally, a really good thing after a six month cut is to actually move into maintenance, find maintenance, find how it feels and learn to kind of spot, okay, this is how maintenance feels, and then start moving into not tracking calories, just kind of taking a break there. So I'll mentally track protein during uh, maintenance, but I find that it is so liberating for women to spend a good four to six months uh, intuitively eating at maintenance And then being able to say, okay, now what's my goal? Should I push into a build? Do I want more muscle right now? Then let's push into a build. Seeing more fat loss, is that the goal? Will that make me the happiest right now? Well, then, okay, push into a calorie deficit. And a lot of times that mental release of not tracking will actually help people be more compliant than when they move into that calorie deficit because they know tracking is not a full-time job and lifestyle. It's just a tool for, for this calorie deficit and then finding maintenance again, and then I can have more freedom from tracking once that whole phase is over with. And so a lot of times just that knowledge in the back of their mind, they're going to be more compliant. So when reviewing, like I said, to find out where we need to go next, we really need to review where have we been over the past three to six months. And I also think it's important to kind of break down what have I done well over the past three to six months? What are my successes? And what have I struggled with? And we don't we don't focus on our struggles from a place of judgment and shame. We focus on them from a place of curiosity. So I believe that that's really important. Be really curious. If you chose a calorie deficit for the past three to six months and you weren't compliant, get curious. Why weren't you compliant? Now, once again, this is not from shame or judgment. This is just curiosity of okay, what were my hangups? What tripped me up? So this past uh, week, I got a message from somebody on Instagram. And she was saying, at the beginning of the year, she tried to do a calorie deficit, couldn't be compliant. So she didn't see much success. So then she moved out into maintenance. But she actually feels like she overshot maintenance Because she just started putting weight on. So she probably did. Um, And then she's like, so now should I go back into a cut? If you were just a robot that, or a, a machine where we just plugged in numbers and you could follow them, then yes, that would be the answer. But we're not... We have mental and emotional needs too, not just bodily needs. And so I encouraged her to get curious. Why couldn't you be compliant? If you, if you haven't gotten curious about one's lack of ability to be compliant, then what is going to change this next round of, of a cut? What is going to change? Probably nothing. And you'll just go into experiencing more frustration because you'll just repeat the same patterns you did before. So I asked her a few questions to just get the ball rolling, to get her curious about it. And this is what I'm going to have you guys get curious about too. If you have found yourself in the same position. So I said, well, we've got to dissect, why couldn't you be compliant? Was it a logistics problem? Was it, what I mean by that is, do you just struggle with your ability and knowledge of how to track, how to track proteins, carbs, fats, or calories, whatever you're going to track? Do you not know how to cook? Do you not know how to plan meals? Is it a knowledge gap? Is it a skill gap? Because that is huge. That is a huge piece of the puzzle. And if that's the gap, then that's what we've got to focus on. And we've got to learn the skills required to keep you on track, right? Some people, they first start learning about tracking and they don't know how to cook. They don't know how to find good meals that are high protein and not going to break the calorie bank, if you will. And so they eat protein bars and drink protein shakes all day long and are just like, Ugh, this is a miserable way to live. I want real food. Uh, I want to go out with my family and and eat at the restaurant with them, how do, I, how do I fit all this in, right? So that comes down to skill. And that's something that we need to face and then work on. But what if you have the skills? There are some people who have the skills, but it's a mental, psychological piece that is missing that prevents them from being compliant. So is it that? So she responded back and was like, oh, yeah, I have the skills. I know what I need to do. I know how to meal prep. I know how to set my day up for success. But when it comes down to following it, I just can't. I'm like, okay, so so if you couldn't then, what's going to change now? Right. Have you done some work mentally to either embrace the hard that will come, you know, the next time you're hungry? Um, And so we really broke it down to find exactly the missing piece. And the missing, and I, and I couldn't spend too much time with her because I have to focus on, on family and clients and app users, those who are paying me to, to really dive deeply into this. So we couldn't solve all of her life problems in that moment. But I do think it's really important to understand what is the missing piece. A lot of times people think the missing piece is the plan, and that may be so, but there may be skills that they're lacking in the kitchen to get that plan lined up well, or there may be skills mentally. Maybe the thought of going into a calorie deficit instantly sends somebody down a scarcity mindset, and so they need to study scarcity and abundance mindsets, and they need to learn how to lean into abundance mindset, right? This they they instantly what that looks like is instantly scarcity shows its face and like they instantly feel like oh, I I've, I've, I'm I'm going to starve. Well, no, you're not going to starve. <laughs> like this can pulling back. It's that's like somebody thinking that they've got themselves into debt, and so they need a budget. They know they need a budget, and as soon as they get in. To purchasing and facing their old habits. And now it's like, now we need to pull back on your spending. They instantly want to spend more and instantly are focusing more on their wants. And, oh, oh, but that's a want and a need. I need that. No, you don't. You actually don't need that. You need to follow your budget. You need to focus less on all of your needs and focus more on what do I have? So that would be the solution for somebody budgeting and stepping into that scarcity mindset. It's because all they can focus on is their wants. We have to pull back and we have to focus on what do to sit in gratitude for what you have right now. So if you're trying to live a minimalist life or live a life within a budget Probably one of the worst things for you to do would be to get on Pinterest and find a bunch of your wants. So, the best thing for you when you feel that urge to hop onto Pinterest to see all of the things that you quote unquote need for your house really just wants would be instead to sit down and make a list of all the things that you're grateful for that you already have in your house. Make those bigger because right now you're making the gap between where you're at and all your wants. So big. And it can make the budget hard to follow. The same principle can be applied to fitness. As soon as we focus on, as soon as we get a plan that's a calorie deficit, all of a sudden people focus on the scarcity mindset of, now I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't eat that, I can't do that. And they focus on all of the can'ts. And it's a scarcity mindset coming in and becoming so big that they just, that's all they focus on. And it can lead them towards restriction and binging. Restrict, binge, restrict, binge. Instead, we need to change that and focus on all of your cans and your choices. So it's like, I can't eat that. No, I choose to focus on my goals. I choose to find fun in finding yummy, wholesome recipes that fit within my current food budget. So it's this shift of, I can't eat that, I can't eat that, I can't eat that. And it also may be a shift in, well, actually, I can have a little bit of this. And I'm grateful for the little that I get. Versus focusing on the, but I want all of that. No, focus on what you can control. Make that bigger. Focus on the joys that will be received at the end of this calorie deficit as you do the dailies. As you follow the plan. So make those joys bigger, focus on those joys. So you can see if you're, if you're falling into scarcity mindset, if all you can think about is the can'ts. And you can actually control that. So that's what we need to break down. The mental and emotional needs, where we're at mentally and emotionally, can we even face this yet? So why would you step right back into a calorie deficit if we haven't even gotten curious about why we couldn't be compliant in the first place another psychological need that we we should think about is our ability to face uncomfortable feelings so sometimes people cannot be in a calorie deficit mentally because they have a really hard time facing uncomfortable feelings We live in a world where one, many of us were taught that if we had emotions, we needed to suppress them and that they were bad and that we shouldn't feel that way. You know, if you're crying as a child, don't cry. It's okay. Here's ice cream. Like, don't feel that. Feel good. Here's this. Instead of being taught that actually emotions aren't bad. We just need to learn to be better at regulating those emotions. Feeling sad is not a bad thing. It's a a, a normal human thing. And sometimes the best thing is to allow ourselves to sit and feel it. And, and allow yourself to walk through the feeling. But too many of us were taught that, no, we need to walk around it and ignore it and suppress it. And if we feel any level of uncomfortableness in life, then we need to watch a show so that we don't think about it. We need to eat food or drink alcohol to make us feel better instantly so we can ignore and suppress these feelings. And so too many people get triggered with negative feelings and immediately walk into the kitchen cabinet because they need to solve it by feeling good in an instant, and then life is better again. So many times when clients are like, I was just really struggling this day. I was so, and and I don't know why, but I just found myself in the kitchen over and over and over again. And I talked to them about well, what happened that day, what was going on that day. And pretty soon, we come to this realization of there was a lot of inner turmoil there were babies who are are colicky and they're not stopping crying and it's hard to deal with that all day it's hard to sit in uncomfortable feelings there's a relationship that that is frustrating That they feel like should be different but isn't. And they can't control it. And so what can I control? Well, I can control food. I can eat that. It will make me feel better. And they're turning towards food. So jumping back into a calorie deficit when you haven't even learned how to sit in uncomfortable feelings without using foods to self-medicate is not going to help you. So that's, and some people use the calorie deficit as, well, I can't control the, the, what's going on in my life, but I can control that. I can suppress, I can get into a calorie deficit. I can Well, now you're using the calorie deficit, just like you, some are using the food as just a way of ignoring reality and finding a fix outside of it. And you need to learn first to find that fix inside. So we before we jump back into well a build maybe I'll do a build because I can't control my emotions I don't know how to regulate emotions and I turn to food all the time so I'll just do a build Okay well remember in a build you're going to put on body fat and at one point you'll need to get that body fat off even to just to to maximize your metabolic health again. And if you can't face the calorie deficit because you can't face hard emotions and you use food to self-medicate, then you've put yourself in a further predicament, right? So just looking at nutrition in the plan while ignoring emotional and mental health is not going to solve your problems we've really got to get curious about why can't i follow the plan is it a skill set that i need to develop in the kitchen is it a skill set that i need to develop to develop mentally and emotionally because all of those play a role in one's overall health mentally and physically and will allow us or prevent us from hitting our goals so hopefully today i've brought up some good points of okay to know where you need to go you first need to know where you've been and you need to know have i been successful what are my hang-ups and face those hang-ups before you move into a new fitness phase. But knowing where you are right now and how you got to where you are right now is going to be key to know where you should be going in the future, not just from a physiology perspective, but we also need to take into account the psychology of the individual as well. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to message me on Instagram at Lifting Lindsay. You can also go to LiftingLindsay.com where I provide optimized training programs for home and for the gym. You can also sign up for my wait list for my optimized or basic coaching.